Hi and hello, Watch fans, and welcome to episode 44 of Fratello On Air, otherwise known as Wasp 4.0. I'm Rob, calling in from Dresden, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Balaj, all the way in Karlsruhe. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, Rob, I'm good. How are you? How's things on the East Coast? I am very excited on the uh, yeah East Coast. Um, we don't have much of a coast, but we have plenty of lakes over here, and most people like to frolic around them in states of undress that make me as uh, expat... Brit somewhat uncomfortable. But here we are. It's all cultural. It's enjoyable in its own way, as disturbing as it might be. It's not quite as scary as, uh, shall we say, some of the short shorts we used to see rocking around the courts in the NBA in the 1980s. And talking about the NBA, an old school NBA, I believe you have a little bit of news that you'd like to start the show off with. Yeah. I mean, usually you bring a few snippets before the show. This time it's my turn. I just watched a few interviews actually the other day with Patrick Ewing, who, as you know, is a a legendary player for the New York Knicks, sadly without a championship ring. But, you know, he was great nonetheless, part of the dream team. He was um, one of the the key talents in Space Jam. So he's, well, he's a New York basketball legend. And um, Apparently, he was denied entrance to the Madison Square Garden. What? Because he didn't have a pass. Because he didn't have a pass. Patrick Ewing, one of the most recognizable players in New York yes. sports history. Seven foot tall. Big man. You're not yes. going to miss him, you know? <laughs> yes. And he said that everybody, and I quote, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. Which is true. Um, does it sound a bit arrogant, though? That, you know, he he expects people to know who he is? And hence, he doesn't have a pass. I'm just wondering, what do you think? Well, I think that it's um, it's totally fair enough. I mean, it, there's a lot of people, I think, misconstrue arrogance with just factual statements. And that in, in that context, in that, in that arena, uh, surrounded by those sports fans and supposedly sports professionals, you're not telling me that there isn't a single person, a single person in that building that wouldn't recognize Patrick Ewing. Um, and if, if there were people on the door or whatever, you know, maybe people who didn't uh, live through his career and know what he did for the city and for the Knicks, then okay, fine. But go ask somebody else. You know, there's enough people, there's enough sports fans. You're telling me that you couldn't drag some of the guys or girls off the bleachers and say, who is this man? You know, there's thousands of people in that in that arena that could corroborate who he is. So I think it's nonsense. I think it's a pathetic excuse. And Ewing is totally entitled, um, enraged as he may have been in the moment when he said that, to have said that. Mm. Now, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, this is not the first time uh, there's an incident with Madison Square Garden regarding a celebrity. Actually, this is the third in recent years. The first one was uh, the infamous Charles Oakley brawl or or fight when he was just sitting in the in the audience. And I don't really remember what the problem was, but he didn't want to leave the arena. And then he was, they wanted to escort him out. He still didn't budge. And then they kind of put him in a in a headlock and just carried him out of the arena. And I mean, Charles Oakley with Patrick Ewing in the 90s and John Starks and, you know, all these legends was uh, <laughs> one of the the most influential players in the Knicks. Um, so that was kind of a um, a funny move, to say the least, from, from Madison Square Garden. And then last year, almost exactly a year ago, there was an incident with Spike Lee when he wanted to use an entrance, which apparently... Um, he used all the time, but he was not supposed to do that. So they wanted him to get out and use the other entrance, but he already had scanned his ticket. So he thought that if he leaves the arena, he could not come back. And, um, 
that was um, another incident. And everything is connected to Medicine Square Garden, which is connected to the owner of the Medicine Square Garden company, who's James Dolan, that people don't really seem to love in the NBA community. And now there's this latest issue with Patrick Ewing. I mean, these three legends, Spike Lee obviously is, is a legend. We talked about him the, the previous episode as a filmmaker, but also as, as you said, uh, somebody who wears his interests on his sleeves or on his head, as you said, on his cap. And he's really a, an advocate for the New York Knicks and NBA and basketball in general. Um, yeah. So here we go. That's the next one. Who's going to be the next superstar to be ejected from Madison Square Garden? That is a, it's a worrying conversation to have to have. It's a worrying speculation to have to make. Um, this, this Dolan character, could you give our listeners a little bit of background as to why he is uh, maybe not held in the highest regard in the NBA community? So as far as I know, James Dolan, um, who owns the company, as I said, the Medicine Square Garden Company, kind of inherited this position and everything that came with it from his father. So, you know, he's in his 60s now, he's 65 years old. He's been around for quite some time now, but but people seem to have, I wouldn't say hatred, but probably not the utmost respect for him. Um, he's kind of comes across as a bit arrogant and cocky in certain situations. You know, regardless if you're right or you're wrong, when somebody like Spike Lee has an incident like that, or Patrick Ewing, you should be the bigger man and say, we are terribly sorry you know, something may have happened, we'll look into it, and that's that, and move on. Even if you don't agree with that, even if you think that, you know, that was the right move to make by the security guards or whoever. Because you represent the company, and you represent Medicine Square Garden, and you represent the New York Knicks, not only as the owner, but as the person in charge of of everything else around that. So, yeah, he's not the most uh, skilled PR maestro. No. No, and last year I think with the Spike Lee incident, they they went on a rant on a on a Twitter rant and kind of tried to defend themselves against Spike Lee. And what Spike Lee said, and that's also true that throughout the years, I think he he has a season ticket for twenty some years, and he pays for those tickets, and he has courtside seats. So he they did the math, and they said he paid probably twenty some million dollars in season tickets over that twenty some years. So. He paid a lot of money, and that money went into the pocket of Madison Square Garden and the New York Knicks. So. And despite the perks that Spike Lee obviously gets because of who he is and because of his association with the team and how important he is as an ambassador for the NBA, he is a real true fan. Like you say, he pays that pays for those things out of his own pocket. And okay, they're deep pockets, but that's that's a big contribution to the game without fans like that without those people that believe in the sport and want to keep it going by funding it themselves you know where would the nba be right now it, it's 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 a massive massive oversight by by dolan and the people around him i don't know maybe he's not the kind of guy who's going to listen so much to those people and maybe that's the problem maybe that arrogance he has uh, which has come out again here unfortunately um, is really what's at the root of this problem. But anyone that's got any vested interest in, in his company and in the team and in the NBA needs to have maybe not a quiet word in his ear, maybe a loud one in his face just so he doesn't do it again because that's three strikes in most sports. That means you're out. I mean, imagine Spike Lee to the New York Knicks is what Jack Nicholson is to the Lakers. Can you imagine the security guard kicking Jack Nicholson out of uh, the Staples Center? Well, I think that they probably would have or, had a good sense not to no. try <laughs> or not recognizing him. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting and ongoing uh, topic um, in the sports world. A bit disrespectful news, but it just I just came across it yesterday, so I thought it should be an interesting one to talk about. And um, yeah, 
put Spike Lee, a uh, parent watch fan, into the conversation again. I mean, so hopefully he can listen to it uh, yeah. and come to the show. Oh, we'd love to have Spike Lee on the show, yeah. And it's this is the most current episode that we've recorded, really, because um, we, we talked uh, a little bit retrospectively in the first two episodes about massive events that had passed already, like the Super Bowl and the outdoor NHL games at Lake Tahoe. So bringing bring our listeners a little bit of hot news and a, a hot button topic uh, at the top of the show is a good idea. And, and although it's an ugly one to start off with, we have probably the most aesthetically pleasing episode yet for you we have some really really nice stuff to discuss we're gonna step away from the stats so if you're not a huge follower of the sports that we're frequently discussing don't worry this one can be enjoyed by anyone i hope uh lovers of fashion and watchers alike so as you know the american sports leagues the nfl the nhl the nba and the mlb are all well known for their razzle-dazzle personas and the amazing show that they put on week in, week out. And part of that has always been down to the uniforms that the teams wear, their jerseys, their shorts, their their lids, helmets, if you will. We've also thrown in the English Premier League to this uh, this week's discussion to show that we're not totally biased to the North American continent. And of course, we both love football. We both grew up in Europe. So it really was the sport that we cut our teeth on as kids. So what we're going to do today is we are going to outline our favorite jerseys, current jerseys and some throwbacks um, put in there for good measure for the teams in those five leagues. We're going to have between I don't know. I've, I've got about, I think I've got three for each. You've got between one and two for each. So, yeah, sometimes three. Yeah. To contest. Sure. Um, we're going to see mm-hmm. if there's any alignment. We haven't compared our notes. We never do before we start the show. We like to keep it fresh and keep it real. So uh, we'll see how that, that goes, see if there's any agreement or massive disagreement. And what we're also going to do is try and pair the perfect watch to go with each jersey. So I don't know how you went about this. There's loads of ways you can do it from a brand perspective. You can do it from a purely aesthetic perspective. But whichever way, I think our readers and listeners will enjoy it. I hope so. I did uh, both. Sometimes I went with aesthetics. Sometimes I went with a bit more in-depth thinking. But um, yeah, let's see. Bring out your top three. Okay, let's... Uh, let's kick things off with the MLB, right? So we're going to go right round to Major League Baseball. I'm going to do this in reverse order, okay? So my three spot for the MLB goes to the Milwaukee Brewers alternates. Now, these are some very, very nice, rich navy blue uniforms with a lovely athletic gold or yellow, as uh, people outside the sport might call it, script across the chest. And what really makes these uniforms sing are the arm patches, there's a really nice uh, uh, state outline there um, on the left sleeve and uh, a number patch on the right sleeve. And I think they're absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I have given the Brewers the, and I, I don't know why I chose this one to start the top of the show off with, because I'm not sure I can pronounce it very well, but it's the Chapek Foberg de Krakowy Ocean Door Chronograph. Now I have a bit of a problem here. Do you know what my problem is? Um, pronouncing the words. Yeah, that's a problem. Okay, thanks for shining a light on that again. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm not the most talented linguist to begin with, but anything vaguely French normally ties me in knots. My uh, my girlfriend never tires of teasing me about my inability to pronounce the French premier's name, um, Emmanuel Macron. 
I think that's totally yeah. fine. I think that's fine. But she. Yeah. I, that's how I say. Well, that's I've, I've Macron. The most. Well, no, you said you said it differently. You got the C right. You did something with the C that I can't do. I end up choking when I try and do it. So I just call him Manny or something or that handsome chap in charge of France, something like that. Whatever. She thinks it's hilarious. I don't think it's hilarious. It annoys the hell out of me. But anyway, I, I'm just going to gloss over my mispronunciation. My almost certain. Um, mispronunciation of that watch and I'm going to say another problem apart from that is the fact that they only made two of them so I guess uh, I don't know who's going to get them I, I don't know uh, who are given to the coach maybe and star player or the owner or the owner yeah perhaps but I chose it because it was a beautiful gold and blue watch and it just it married it very very nicely um, it's, it's powered by uh, the SX H3 caliber which has got 65 hours power reserve from a single barrel it's operating at 36,000 VPH, so it's it's nice high-frequency movement. has the same kind of sweep as you'd expect from a Zenith El Primero. COSC certified, of course, um, at this level, you'd expect that. Um, it's, it's a really, really nice one, I think, and uh, a, a good way to kick it off. What do you think of that one? Um, I love the watch, and I actually quite like the jersey. Uh I would would have never thought of that watch for this jersey, but um, as I told you before the show, I had some issues with picking brands or or watches. I actually went with brands, not necessarily with models, for the jerseys because it, for me it's just difficult to connect them. But I see what you mean, and um, I have to say I quite like it. I like the white jersey better. I have to say there's the one with the stripes with the brewers on the front and the pinstripes. That's quite nice too with the hat. That is really slick. You might you might figure out why I didn't pick that when I get further through my list. I'll give you my number two. So number two is the Cubs, Chicago Cubs. Uh, they're blue jerseys with the white pants and the blue hats. Uh, very nice. And I've gone I've gone completely off base here, and I just went com- entirely for the colorway. And I found a brand I'd never heard of before. Um, it's just a little fashion brand, a silly little thing called Neff N E F F and. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny because it reminded me of the word naff, you know, which means a bit rubbish. And these watches retail for like 25 bucks. And I found this one called the Flavor XL with red, white, and blue colorway that just matched the colors of the Cubs kit so perfectly. I went for it. Um, it, it really made me laugh because the way this brand describes itself, okay, and this is this is delusions of grandeur if you've ever heard it. It's an active youth accessory brand supported by some of the biggest actions, sports athletes in the world. This is, I'm quoting this verbatim from the site, as well as key personalities across the globe. Now, that is ambitious branding right there. I don't know who's come up with that, but tell me, tell me an ambassador of Neff, if you can. Riff Raff. Riff. Well, he's a, I know he's a rapper, but Riff Raff. Yeah. If Riff, because, you know, remember Riff Raff, when he came to the, to the, to the scene, he was skinny, right? He was a tall, skinny dude. He used to play basketball. Now he's bulky. He could be like a well, he could be a baseball player. He looks like a baseball player. Fair. And he's got the most amazing, most amazing haircut and beard ever. Facial hair game unlock. Riff Raff. Okay, Riff Raff, if he ever played baseball, he would be sponsored by this brand, Neff. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we've given Neff like some crazy exposure, um, considering they didn't ask for it. And uh basically if you like Casio, like um, F91Ws, um, go check this brand out because they got a lot of crazy colors and it's just fun. You know, if, if you're trying to buy a watch for a, a, a party, um, or, and you want to coordinate specifically some bright colors with, with your watch, then 
go check it out. Crazy stuff. Who do, who do you have for, for the MLB? What's what's going on in your mind? You got to coordinate. Have you seen the movie Boomerang with Eddie Murphy? You got to coordinate. Um, okay, so I went with. I think the first one isn't. It's pretty obvious. I went with the Atlanta Braves. Okay. Just the red, the red, the red jersey with the Braves on the front. And the brand that I picked is Breitling because pure aesthetics, the B on the jersey, if you look at the B on the jersey, is very similar to Breitling's old uh, B, you know, yeah, yeah, on yeah. The, old, uh, the old logo. It's not the same. I checked what this font or what font is on his website that you can check fonts. And I uploaded a Breitling picture and uploaded a Braves picture. It's not the same font, but it's very similar. And when I saw the jersey, uh, the Braves is like, okay, that's Breitling. It has to, it, the colors don't match. You know, I have n- no other connection other than Breitling is Swiss made and the Braves get a red and white jersey in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but the B, the B at the front, you see this initialized B, that's pretty cool. That's how I went with Breitling. And then because we're looking at old school logos, why don't we go with uh, a re-edition, say 765AVI. Very nice. Yeah, we love that watch. And uh, we touched on it um, mm-hmm. earlier in the week on one of our IG lives when we were covering March Mania for Fratello. Um, Mike Stockton, our, our good friend, our Floridian, our in-house American, he had a group full of Breitlings. I think there were three of them out of the eight pieces that made it through from the preliminary rounds to the first round proper. And all three of them were winning their head-to-head contests. And the uh, 765 was top of the bill, uh, number one seed and storm into a victory that will take it into the next round. So great choice. Mm. Imagine the the six o'clock sub-dial, the Breitling 765, the the re-edition with the six o'clock sub-dial and the Brave logo in it, just the red Brave logo. I mean, I could see that. I would like that very much. You know what I'd like even more is if they wore it with the old classic mesh um, Braves jerseys, the ones that didn't have the buttons up the front with the blue and white trim, the royal blue and white trim. You can get them. Cooperstown Classics makes them, you know, the uh, throwback stuff, um, mm-hmm. Mitchell and Ness um, gear. It's absolutely gorgeous. Really, really nice. Okay, nice, nice choice. So top of the list for me in the MLB at the moment is definitely – your team, or the team that we we forced upon you maybe slightly, it's the San Diego Padres and their whites. Yes, that's a cool one. That is nice. I love the Padres. I love the logo. I love the ambiance in the area. I love everything about that. It's a cool team, cool jersey. It really is a cool team, and they're on the up, and they've just recently been christened Slam Diego because of their amazing, amazing record. I think it was this season just passed when they, they smashed home more Grand Slams than, uh, than we ever would have thought. We'd seen uh, a single season in San Diego. Um, They've got some really young superstars, a great team, a nice roster from top to bottom. And now they've gone back from that awfully boring blue and white, I believe had orange in it for a a little bit in the early days when they abandoned the brown and yellow uh, initially to their original colors. Oh, happy, happy days. Well, I have the blue hat. Uh, The new era uh, had the blue with with the white SD and I love it quite a lot but but dark blue or or navy blue is my favorite color so uh when i went to the store and as you know you've been to to these more of these stores than i have you have a huge wall full of hats and that's virtually anything and everything you ever wanted from the team is there and then some and i just you know just gravitated towards the the, the blue and white so i quite like that um i don't have a jersey from them i didn't buy a jersey i bought a t-shirt and a hat and things like that but the new one the, the old new one this brown and yellow 
it's really a, a pretty cool look, and I love that they went back to this well, undoubtedly 70s color combination. Right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think um, the the old SD cap with the, I guess you've got a white logo on a navy blue background, right? That that was a nice, crisp looking cap. I just thought the uniforms, they just lacked a little pizzazz. And now they've got all kinds of pizzazz. So pinstripes, brown and yellow, worn by some real, real up and coming superstars. And uh, yeah, that, that stadium, Petco Park, it's a, it's a nice one. Like you say, it's right, right downtown. I actually... I went to a rooftop bar in San Diego, which has a view of the ground. So it's not quite as close as, say, the bleachers on the roofs around Wrigley Field in Chicago. But you can you can sit up there and you can enjoy a beer or whatever whatever you fancy while you're watching the game. And uh, you can certainly soak up some of the atmosphere. Okay. I've not been to that bar, but I've been to a restaurant around the corner, a couple of blocks up. And it was probably... It was early afternoon, so probably after practice or before the afternoon practice because I saw a ton of exotic cars driving towards the the stadium, oh. like Bentleys and Rolls Royces and Ferraris. It was funny because it was nothing. Like that area, as you know, like that part of the city outside of the gas lamp, um, the back of the gas lamp district is pretty, I guess, run down. It's not as fancy as, as you would imagine. But then all of a sudden, all these cars just kept coming in. In the in like a fifteen minute or like a twenty minute um, segment, and then just disappeared. And uh, then I talked to the waiter, and he said, "Yeah, it's probably the guys for the going for the training or photo shoot or something like Man, that." Man, that's awesome! What a cool thing to see. And yeah, although that area is not exactly um, squeaky clean, it's a really cool part. No. Of town. I love it. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, uh, I guess it's my turn. I own one and only one Major League Baseball jersey, and that's my Yankees jersey. The Babe Ruth jersey. So I went to the Yankees. I mean, they are the top dog in in the league, right? 27 World Series wins. Probably the most known brand, baseball brand in the world. I think it's fair to say. Maybe the Red Sox is a very close second, but I would still say that the Yankees is, you know, that's like like number one. So I went with the top dog and I had to pair it with the top brand. The brand that's known all over the world. And it's not Chapek. And it's not Neff. And it's not bridling. And it's not blue and white, but it's green and gold. And that's Rolex. Okay. Okay. You have you have to. Come I on. I mean let's get this out of the way as soon as we can. It's uh, it's it's some low hanging fruit pairing the Yankees with Rolex, yeah. But I mean you I, are right. Those the, the correlation is 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 there and distinct. I didn't even tell you who I'd put with the Padres. We got so distracted. Ah, true. I went for the Hublot Spirit of Big Bang in yellow sapphire, which is disgustingly ostentatious and would match any Ferrari or Bentley you choose to throw at it. So there you go. True. That's, well, yeah, well, that's, and you know what? I can see people wearing Hublots in San Diego, coming out of the arena, going to the Gaslam District, getting a taco or, you know, some Mexican food or going down, uh, going down for a stroll on the beach, check out the USS Midway. You know, wearing the Hublot, checking the time in the sunset. Sounds legit. That's <laughs> sounds like a nice way to spend an afternoon, bad. right? Sounds like a nice way to spend an afternoon with your with your overpriced watch. Yeah, okay, but it's youthful and it's vibrant and it's everything that the San Diego team and the city is. So True. it's exciting. You know, of all the places I went to in America, I think the fewest fewest locals complained about their city um, in San Diego. Everyone seems so happy about living there, and why not? Mm. It's cool. Well, the first time I've been there, I talked to a friend and I said, I've seen more European cars in San Diego than I've seen in Europe. (laughs) 
I felt that everybody's driving an Audi or a Beamer or, or, or a Mercedes. Really, uh, maybe I was just in the right area, but everybody was driving a European Crazy. car. Well, hopefully there's a market for European watches as well, because that's what we uh, we like to talk about. Let's uh, let's wrap up the MLB and we'll move on next to the NHL, which was a subject of our discussion last week. What have you got for us in the NHL? Just one sec before we move on. I wanted I wanted to test your knowledge. Oh God! Do you know? Do you know? Uh, in which team Babe Ruth hit his first of over 700 home runs? What was the team that he hit his first home run? Uh, the major, t- major league team. It, absolutely. And it's not the Yankees, obviously, because that would have been easy. Well, I, I, I always thought that Ruth started his career with the Sox, with the Red Sox. I thought they traded him to the Yankees. So it's the Red Sox? I guess I'm, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's true. It's the oh, Blumenek, thank goodness. Boston Red Sox, indeed. He was there for a few years. That's where he hit his first home run, and then he was ready to the Yankees, and then he became a legend. Well, isn't that where the, the curse region. came from, supposedly? Yeah. They got rid of uh, right. Curse of the Bambino, right? Yeah, yeah. So there you go, a little trivia. I like a little bit of trivia. I mean, if this... Oh, I have some more. Oh, later oh on. goodness. Oh, God. I mean, this isn't a live podcast, obviously, so we could cheat, but we're not cheating. Um no, nope. I, I allow Balaj every opportunity possible to make a fool of me on air. So uh, <laughs> normally doesn't take too much negotiation. Uh, all right, NHL. Let's let's move on. Um, I actually I realize here that I I, I kind of uh, dropped the ball on this. I have my third place jersey, but I didn't even find a brand for it. This this one I, I left hanging. So I'm going to ask you to give me a brand for this. My third jersey is the New York Islanders reverse retro. So that's the dark navy blue with the orange and the white trim. Any ideas for a brand? Funnily enough, the Islanders is also one of my favorite jerseys. Uh, I put both New York teams in there and some others. So I like the Islanders. Um, Okay, so we have, if we look at the aesthetics, we have navy blue, we have white, orange, and the big Islanders logo on the front. Right. Hmm. Why don't we go with Hamilton? Okay. American brand, orange in the logo, uh, kind of an underdog in Swatch Group, just like the Islanders in New York. I like it. Okay, when we talk about Hamilton, we have to talk about the intramatic chronograph because that's the bee's knees, right, from Hamilton. And it also the the first prize for our March Mania competition. Very true. And the one that you can win if you partake in the commenting and interaction um, of and about March Mania is the black dial. But I... Oh, wait, is it a black dial or is it the white dial? It's the white dial, right? The the panda. With, yes. Um, but you own the blue one, right? And I guess that's what we're going to give to the Islanders. Yes. Very nice. Yeah, for sure. There you go. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You're doing my job. Maybe with me. an orange strap. Oh, now you're uh-huh. talking. Yeah. Stick it on some, something crazy, something bright orange rubber. That'll get you noticed. So there you have it. And uh, as I said, the Islanders jersey is also one of my favorites. Um, I put it on third place with the with the Rangers. So I just put the two New York teams there, the Rangers and the Islanders. That's my that's my third pick. Um, but we already have a, a watch for that. So what's your second one then? Uh, in the second spot, I went for, and this one, it could easily have been top and it's getting a lot of high praise around the league from analysts all over the world. And for good reason, it's the Minnesota Wild reverse retro in the colorway of the previous team that occupied Minnesota, the, the North Stars, which now... Um, live in Dallas, calling themselves just the stars. And uh, I was thinking about what you said about um, the division in which the Wild ply their trade uh, last week. So you renamed 
um, the uh, Honda West. Um, you, the, you don't want to see our you, electricity. You don't want to see. <laughs> right? Yes. You don't want to see our yes. electricity bill division. And that's because the majority of those teams are on the West Coast or you know in the desert. They're all having to pay huge amounts of money to keep the temperature down in their buildings so that they can have a rink to begin with. But one of your gripes, and I think I think why you you had Tag Heuer sponsoring that division, didn't you? Because you said those teams are all over the place, just like Tag Heuer's catalog. Yes. Okay. So I thought about this and I I, I went back because I know you, you had a real had a real problem with Vegas being at the div- division as well, but I was pretty sure that Vegas were geographically close enough to the California teams for it not to be too weird. When I looked at it, I thought, yeah, we've got a little cluster of five teams down there in uh, Southwest from Nevada, California, that kind of Arizona, that kind of region. Um, but then over across the other side of the country, you're quite right. We've got Colorado bang slap in the middle of the States and then Minnesota way up North and then even further East and South uh, St. Louis blues. So I checked this out and only the blues play in the same time zone as the wild. Okay. So they've got five teams on the West coast who they're going to have to duel with throughout the season. And then they've got Colorado who are another hour behind them and the blues from St. Louis. So I thought, okay, I need something functional. I need something with a two time zone capability. And I stumbled across a bit of a throwback. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. I've given them a Breitling Aerospace with the co-pilot link on the watch. So you've got a second screen, a Mm -hmm. second digital screen on the side of your wrist. Okay, so you can set up that screen to show different information so you, you got you, you your aerospace with all of its great functionality you got you can have a couple of time zones on there but you've got a second screen for immediate visibility if you need it and i chose particularly references e79362 for the watch and e80172 for the co-pilot strap bracelet if you like and uh yeah that's mad there's actually one of those available for sale on chrono 24 right now for under three thousand. And it looks to be in absolutely amazing condition. Apparently just been serviced in 2020, came from 2007. I thought that was an absolutely stunning buy. And if I didn't already have a titanium uh, aerospace, I might well have picked that one up myself. Mm, and that's a badass bracelet. It's cool oh, as hell. Can I, say, can I say badass? You can say badass. Know. Yeah, we don't have a beep okay. function. So if you do swear heinously, I'll just have to leave it in. It's Yeah, it's a very cool bracelet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice choice. I love it. I can see that happening. So what about you? What's next on your NHL rundown? So my second favorite jersey after the New York ones is the Chicago Blackhawks, the red, just the the classic red with the big um, profile picture. And uh, yeah, what do you think? What is the brand that I went for? Oh, for the Blackhawks. Yeah, red jersey, big, big native profile. And you have the little logo on the shoulder. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel like there should be a Brightling somewhere with a Black Hawk name, like a Avenger Black Hawk, Black Hawk Hurricane, or something. I don't know, but oh no, I, I'm, 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 I'm gone. Tell me, you're, you're on the right path, but you're not. You're, but it's not right. I went with the G-Shock, the Casio G-Shock, just like the classic G-Shock, because Black Hawk I associate with the Black Hawk helicopter, which I associate with the military, which I associate with tactical watches and what's the tactical watch that everybody seemed to be yeah, wearing that's the g-shock yeah. i mean that is a sharp combo as well because that's a really crisp retro style jersey and uh yeah. yeah that looks awesome i could see those two things working like really really well together really well yeah there you go 
So my yeah, so the Chicago Blackhawks red jersey uh, with the Casio G-Shock uh, on the wrist of the players, and they can even wear it while playing because it's indestructible. The watch that is, not the jersey. <laughs> even better, yeah, even better. Okay, tell me what you've got top of your list. Funnily enough, um, well, okay, the, the top of my list obviously is my favorite uh, team, which is Detroit Red Wings. But I did not go with the old school logo. I mean, the old school jersey. I went with the again with the classic red jersey, the huge wheel with the wings. I think the first time I saw that jersey and that kind of the image kind of uh, stuck with me is uh, remember the movie? Oh God, when the two dudes take the take the guy the guy's uh, dad's Ferrari uh, for a day trip. First and they go day to off. New York. First movie. There you go. Yeah. And you know that not first beautiful, but the other guy is wearing, I think, a, a, a Howie jersey. Yeah, what is a Gordy Gordy Howie? Yeah, what's his name? Calvin Callum or what's his name? I can't remember, but I remember checking out the Ferrari, and then he's wearing. I think it's not even a jersey; it's like a sweater shirt or like a hoodie or something like that with the logo on it. And then I was like, "What?" I was a I was a child. I was like four or five years old. I was like, "What is that logo? It's crazy." And then a few years later, I realized it, and then it became my favorite team, as I I said it before. So I went with the Detroit Red Wings. And then, funnily enough, I just said, funnily enough, because you already mentioned the brand that I associated them with, and that's Tag Heuer. Because just like Tag Heuer, the Red Wings used to be really good back in the day, but now they ain't. Okay. His name was Cameron, by the way. I just checked it out. Cameron, right. Cameron, Cameron, Cameron. you're right. And I think it was just a a regular Detroit sweater. It's really, really nice. So, wow, poor Tag. Um, getting, Getting a hammer in. This is constructive criticism from me, okay? I don't hate Tag Heuer. Not at all. I just want them to do better. Well, that's all we're ever saying, isn't it? You know, we, we don't put any brand in the ground and leave them there. We, we want, when we, when we criticize brands, it's, it's for good reason, I think. And, you know, we're not complete schmucks. We do uh, have a, a bit of experience in the watch industry. So, you know, there's, there's a uh, reason behind these, uh, these requests, shall we say, to brands to change direction and to give us something to get excited about. Um, I've got something for you to get excited about right now, because my number one pick is exactly the same as yours. <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, no joke. Old school, big wheel. There you go. So there you go. Um, however, now you talk. I think I think I have actually. And tell me at the end of this explanation whether you think I'm right or not. I think I've topped you here with the watch, and it's something we covered recently on Fratello. Not the most well-known brand at all. Um, a brand certainly more on the up than it is on the down. But one that has, I think, a really nice, not exact link, regrettably, to the area. I came very close to getting a perfect, perfect link. Um, but here we are. I've chosen the REC, or R-E-C, if you prefer, P51 Little Red. Now, Jorg recently reviewed this watch along with the Green Hornet version that were released together. Now, these watches, like the rest of Rec's offering, are made from reclaimed materials from all sorts of things, some of them from planes. In this case, it's from a car. And the car in question is uh, the 0131 Shelby GT Coupe, otherwise known as Little Red, uh, which was a precursor to the 1968 California Special. Now, the Shelby Coupe was made not by Ford, but based on the Ford Mustang. It was, it was assembled by Shelby. And uh, 
That one in particular was assembled in LA, which is where my link falls down slightly. But the Ford factory that was responsible for the assembly of the Ford Mustang was in Dearborn, Michigan, which is part of the Detroit metropolitan area. So I went for the car link immediately when I was thinking Red Wings, where can I go? And I thought, okay, cars, cars, cars. And then I remembered the Mustang, uh, the Shelby GT uh, Mustang. And I thought, oh, hey, 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 perhaps that was made in Detroit. Regrettably, that particular one wasn't. It was assembled in Los Angeles. And then it turned up, would you believe, they only made one of these as a prototype. And it turned up in a farm in Texas in March 2018. And these guys managed to get their hands on a bit of the material, I think from the chassis, I'm not entirely sure. And they fashioned dials for these watches out of it. So pretty neat crazy story. Stuff. It's crazy stuff, man. But um, yeah. there you go. We, we are in agreement. Um, that's got to be pretty rare because the majority of the 31 NHL teams have four jerseys. At the very least, they have three. So we had a lot to choose from. And we came down... Yeah, we not only came down with the Detroit Red Wings red, we both slightly cheated and went for the the older version of the big wheel, the bigger wheel. I mean, we could have picked Shinola, right? But that would have been too obvious. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, when you renamed Detroit's division last week as the uh, Detroit and Co. division, I thought you were going to go that direction, but I was confident you weren't going to backtrack and take the easy way out today. So good, good choice. I like it. Yeah, I wanted to, but that changed my mind at last minute. Good, good stuff. Okay, let's roll on to the NFL next. Football. Football, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal my entire list, but I'll just say this. Okay, when I look at football jerseys, I think helmets make it difficult to judge a uniform from just the jersey, so I'm not going to. So the head-to-toe combo is what matters to me. Um, okay. Controversially, and this is a controversy based on everything I've read for the last year about NFL jerseys, and that's a lot of stuff. I've left the San Diego Chargers off this list, but not because I don't like them. Far from it. I think they're gorgeous. I just feel like the current iteration is a bit too soft and slick in some way. So they updated these jerseys when they moved back to LA um, a couple of seasons ago now, I think, uh, from San Diego. And they, they got rid of the Navy uh, trim on some like on the lightning bolts and the little accents which I didn't think I liked at the time but now they're gone I feel like there's just a bit of a willowy jersey it doesn't feel like doesn't feel too uh, heritage friendly it all feels a bit too AFL so like the precursor to NFL AFL merger that gave us what we know today as the league so I've left those guys off and in the, in the third hole I've put the Washington football team in their all maroons so maroon pants maroon hats and maroon jerseys and uh, I found a particularly sexy picture of one player wearing a maroon visor as well. That was really cool. It looked like a cyborg. And I have given this team our very own Fratello Oris. Oh, yeah. Big crown point of date. I think that is a really nice combo. And with the, you know, athletic gold face masks and trim and that maroon jersey matching the dial. What do you think to that? Perfect. That would be the perfect combination with the, with the Oxblood dial Oris Fratello edition. Great choice. I love it. Yeah, that's nice. I can see that. I can see that happening with the bronze case, obviously. Yeah. It's great, great pick. So tell me this, where does your NFL list start and uh, what brand have we got to go with it? So funnily enough, I was also contemplating about putting in the um, the Chargers, but I went against them because then I realized that I liked the Rams better and the Rams jersey was somewhat similar, like the new one, right? But, and it's also from Los Angeles. 
but I went with the Rams jersey, but not the old, old school one and not the new Los Angeles one. The one from the 2000s, which is this, again, dark blue with this beige color and the Rams logo, the head on side of each shoulder. That was my pick, but I could not match it with any brand. So I would like to ask for your help, Rob, please pick a brand or a model that would fit that, you know, mid 2000s Rams jersey. Well, I'm amazed. With the dark blue and the beige. I'm amazed that you've gone mm-hmm. for that era of Rams. I'm not going to lie. So the modern one, I think, is just too modern. Um, I don't like it with that sort of. The royal blue is nice, but then you've got these faded numbers, right? That go from like yellow to, um, I don't yeah. know, off white or something along those lines. The away or the alternate jersey, the bone colored ones, interesting color to see in the NFL. Bit better than the home ones, in my opinion, because they use block numbers. But the glorious Rams jersey for me is like the Eric Dickinson one, the the royal blue and yellow horns on the shoulders. Um, what mm-hmm. you've gone for there, you're talking about like the greatest show on turf era, um, the, Saint, the early St. Louis era. Yeah, interesting choice. Um, let me think about this. Okay, so what are those Rams known for? So they're the most they were known at the time at the back end of the 90s and the very early 2000s as the most explosive offense to ever grace the field. Kurt Warner has a gold jacket now. He's retired. That's nice. Maybe we could go down that route. He's, I think, the most famous or um, recently extolled Ram to don that jersey. Um, Let's see. Isaac Bruce, Tory Hall. Who else used to play for them? Okay, I've got a, I've got a suggestion for you. The Rams of that era, wearing those jerseys mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the highlights of that era, not talking about the mm-hmm. depths to which they sank, because they did sink to some bad, bad depths during the back end of the Fisher era, uh, the Jeff Fisher era. I think the most memorable thing about them were that the high points totals that they racked up. So I'd like a watch that could help me calculate those points totals. Okay, now what kind of complication can you use on a mechanical wristwatch to do quick calculations? Bezel. Right, a slide, slide rule. rule, a slide rule bezel, exactly. So, mm-hmm. and I think because they were flashy and they were really uh, exciting to watch, I would take uh, something something from Breitling, uh, a Navi timer from the Mont Brilliant era, something gold, Defo gold has to be. So I don't have a reference number for you because it's off the top of my head, but you know what I'm talking about, a, a contemporary watch from that same period of time uh, I don't know if there, I think there was one with a blue dial, maybe a uh, gold case. If there was that one, that would be perfect for those Rams. Good. Bought it. Bought it. I like that. Got it. Okay. Good. Bought it. Um, was that your, that's a good next one. Was that your third choice? Oh, that's the last one. Yeah. That's the third place. Yeah. Okay. So my second one is a simple one. Um, I've got the Oakland Raiders home, just the black and silver. I grew up hating the Oakland Raiders. I don't know why. I think I was a goody two-shoes when I was a kid. And I was always uh, a bit like put off by the almost demonic possession um, of the Oakland fans. It, it freaked me out. Like the black hole, the noise, the the dirt, the makeup, the oh, the grit. It scared me as a child. And then something happened, probably after sustaining many head injuries playing football myself. I had a personality transplant in like my mid twenties and I flipped and I started embracing all of these like aspects of counterculture. And there's no team that embodies that better than um, the 1970s John Madden Oakland Raiders led by Kenny Stable of the Snake. And they really were badasses. I just uh, finished a book 
not so long ago by the same title. In fact, it's sitting on my bookshelf looking at me right now in my office. Brilliant stuff. I, I was annoying everybody around me for weeks while I was dipping in and out of this book, just popping up with weird little stories about all of the uh, all the guys that played on that team, all of their great nicknames. It's compelling football lore. I encourage anybody to read about that era of Oakland Raiders football. And I have gone for the Artia Silver Skull to deck the wrists of these guys because they are truly badasses. Um, they're against the grain, something a little bit different. And uh, I love that team. And now they've moved to Las Vegas. It's not quite the same, but I already have a team in Vegas with the Golden Knights from the NHL. So I still love them. Still got a lot of time for the Raiders. That's my number two. What about you? I love the Raiders. I love the ESPN thirty four thirty documentary. We talked about the the series last time. I think uh, if you want to uh, know more about the Raiders, watch it. And it's directed by Ice Cube. Pretty cool, but that's not really related to watch it. It's related to the to the team. My second one, and I love your pick, by the way. Um, my second one is the New York Jets. As just as simple as the Raiders. Instead of being black and gray or black and white, it's uh, green and white. And I'm thinking of the the Joe Namath era. Oh yeah, you know. Broadway Joe, oh, yeah. Broadway Joe, oh, yeah. green, simple uh, jersey. And because we're talking Broadway Joe, what would a guy, a star player in the 70s from New York football team wear on his wrist? You would say a day date, a solid gold day date, which is true. But Joe Namath was a big guy. He didn't, he, he didn't wear a day date, man. He would wear something bulky. From the 70s? Big, gold, bulky, or colorful something from the 70s <laughs> i don't know man i was gonna i was gonna give him something like sort of um really demure and uh deco like inspired like a tiffany sort of watch or something like that kind of funny so i'm going with the um omega seamaster chronograph the uh, vintage guys know this this is the 176.005 gold plated which has the 1040 movement inside and it's a big heavy, chunky, bulky, gold-plated watch with a heavy gold-plated bracelet. I like it. That That's something that I can imagine on Broadway, Joe's wrist, when he's going to the locker room in the 70s and the Jets. Decked out in a fur coat as well, no doubt. Fur, ver, exactly, wearing the big fur nice. coat. Nice. Right? Yeah, I mean, that era of sports is just awesome. The characters that you get and, the, you know, Len, Lenny Dawson smoking a cigarette at the halftime Super Bowl one. Um, that That image, enduring. I absolutely love it. One of my favorite sports images of all mm. time. Um, okay. Uh, I have another trivia for you, by oh, the way. Oh, man, you're killing me. All right, go for it. It's Well, it's a it's rather a fun fact. It's not a trivia. Do you know uh, what heritage Joe Namath has? Uh, ethnic heritage. Yeah, what's, yeah what's, where is he from? Well, Obviously, he's American. I but his always assumed that he had Italian American heritage, like Sicily or something. I would guess. I don't know. Right. So he's Hungarian. He's not, is he? He is. <laughs> and the fun fact is, his name is changed. Uh, I think his father actually changed the family name uh, because Nemet is a very common Hungarian family name, but it's written with an E, N E M E T H, and. The pronunciation of that word in English would be Nemeth or something mm-hmm. like that. And he wanted uh, at least the pronunciation to be as close to the original Nemeth as possible. So they changed the E, N E M E T H, and went with N A M A T H because then it sounds Nemeth, which is 
very similar to Nimet. I had no idea. So that's really interesting because a lot of our um, American athletes are either one generation or two generations removed from uh, family name changes. Um, I believe, believe even Bill Belichick's name was uh, anglicized, the spelling of it as well. Yeah, I think he was Polish heritage. Uh, wasn't something he? like Croatian, maybe. He's a, or Croatian could a, be yeah, around could be, there. Um, yeah. yeah, fascinating stuff. I had no idea. I no, I mean, I just always assumed he was Italian American. That's that's brilliant. No, oh, he was, and I think he was even from even from the. I'm not, I'm, but don't quote me on that one because there's a lot of Hungarians in the Cleveland and Ohio area. So, for example, Bernie Koshar, who was with the Cleveland Browns. He's he's also Hungarian heritage. Koshar means basket in Hungarian. Like Korb. And then Larry Chonka. Yeah, Korb, yeah. Larry Chonka for the Dolphins. He's also Hungarian heritage. So these guys all came from that area. Or, or, or like in, in Ohio. Um yeah. Actually in the I think the most Hungarian heritage players in, in major sports is probably in the NFL. That's I mean the the, the Chicago Bears is uh uh, founded by a Hungarian person. And I think he had the Gogolak brothers, uh, the kickers, who used to play football in Hungary before they emigrated to the US, and then they became the kickers for the team. George Holash was the founder of the Bear, uh, of the uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah. And uh, although he was born in Chicago, his family emigrated from... Uh, well, now it's, uh, I think, Czech Republic, but it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and Halash is actually a Hungarian name. Well, it means fish. I knew Halash founded the Bears. I didn't realize he was Hungarian. I mean, they still have GSH as initials on the sleeve of their jerseys as uh, yep. a nod to him. Well, that is absolutely nuts. I had, I really had no idea. But funnily enough, I uh, I went down a similar route uh, as you did for one of my MBA justifications in terms of like um, populations and uh, ethnic backgrounds. Um, so what are we up to now? Is it my my top choice? First. The NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... My brother will be pleased with this because he is a fan of this team and he actually owns that jersey courtesy of me forcing it upon him for one of his birthdays. The Miami Dolphins throwbacks that they wear now, the dark aqua with the sort of the, the not burnt orange, it's not that far gone, but it's just a nice rich mid-orange, unlike the sort of fluorescent aqua they have now and the much, much more electric orange. I went with those because I think they are top to bottom some of the most delicious uniforms you're ever going to see in sports. It doesn't work all the time, that color scheme, but on those guys with those helmets and those pants, it looks absolutely amazing. And for them, I have chosen the GWM5610MR-4 Orange G-Shock with a hefty retail price of $170 US um, For that price, you get... Um, a backlight function, which is pretty nice, uh, automatically operating when uh, surrounding light is sufficient. Radio signal reception, solar power. Uh, you get multiband atomic timekeeping, radio control, world time alarm, timer stopwatch, and full auto calendar. Wow. I know, right? For, and all for 170 170 bucks. US dollars. Not bad. Not bad at all. You got to say US dollars. US, sorry, Just USD. USD, that's right. I think it's a real classic one. It's maybe a bit controversial. I know it, maybe not controversial. I think most people have those throwbacks in their top 10, maybe. Um, I think I think they're really, really good. I think the, the NFL community agrees. But what, what do you think? Do you agree? Funnily enough, again, I know I say this all the time, but my number one pick is the Dolphins because of Larry Chonka and because of Dan Marino. Huh. So we already have the watch. We have the jersey. We talked about this. I kid you not. Rams, Jets, Dolphins. That's on my list. <laughs> oh, crazy. So twice already, 
Yeah, we yeah. picked the same. Yeah, De- Detroit and now the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> and I almost put my Rams. I know the the charge the yeah the charge in the third place. So great minds think alike. Nuts, man. absolutely nuts. Um, it's, it is it is insane when you think about all the options that we had to pour through here. But hey, you know, quality rises to the top. Obviously. There you go. There you go. So mm-hmm. um, next fourth on our roundup, we have the NBA. This is this is your wheelhouse. You're the NBA expert amongst us. Yes. So come on, hit me with number three. So I have three teams. I only picked the watch for the first team, but I give you my alternate jerseys, uh, second or third place. Third place is any and every gold and purple Lakers jersey. Classic. There you go. That there you go. I don't like the white ones. I don't like the blue ones. I don't like the, the you know what the black ones that they have in recent years. The yellow, the gold with the the purple accents and the the names. Whether we're talking about um, Pat Riley, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, or LeBron James, Kobe, obviously, just the the classic uh, Lakers jersey. Nice stuff. That's my number three. And for that, we need a classic watch. And I would say. Yellow gold day date. Yellow gold day date. We're in Hollywood. The jersey's yellow. Hello. I have a feeling that's not the last time that watch might pop up on this list. But let me get to this. So I've picked three city editions. Okay. Um, you get new new one. ones. So every year, if you're not familiar with this, every year the NBA releases like a, a special edition jersey for each team called the City Edition, and it's supposed to be inspired by the the area, the people there, the culture, and whatnot. And they're often quite extravagant, and they can be a bit hit or miss. I think that's that's how I describe them. Would you agree? Absolutely. So mostly miss. Mostly miss. Okay. Well, this year I think it's been particularly good. I think there's a lot of really really good ones. And so I was listening to uh, one of my favorite podcasts the other day, Dave Damashek's Minus Three podcast that he does now. He's left the NFL Network. He does his own podcast sponsored by FanDuel. That's uh, minus the word and then three, the number, if you want to check it out on Spotify. You'll notice that I I completely borrow my opening greeting to you from Dave Damashek. That's where I got it from. I've been listening to him for years and years and years and years. And I thought, hey, I'm starting out on podcast and I have no idea how to open my show. I'm just going to go with one of the greats. He's a fantastic sports fan, hilarious guy, um, could talk for Pittsburgh and obviously does. Anyway, the guys on minus three, they were saying that the NHL has got the best crop of jerseys in North American sports right now. And I think that it really is awesome top to bottom when you look at it. Like there's very few duds amongst those duds. Funny. But I think the NBA tops it this year. I really think the NBA tops it. I think that the NBA has got an absolutely sizzling selection of jerseys. And uh, there's so many I could have chosen for. I could have chosen Phoenix. Uh, I could Denver. Uh, Denver Sunset's gorgeous. Memphis, LA Clippers are awesome. Toronto, Dallas, Orlando, Philly, or even Miami, which is really like really controversial, that one. But I tried to pick city jerseys that are significant upgrades over the standard jerseys and anything that's gone before for the teams I've picked in question. And I really want to keep it clean. So like the sweet fades that you have, like Miami or the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey throwbacks that we talked about the other day, they went out the window. Mm-hmm. So I've gone for something clean. And number three is about as clean as you can get. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves City Edition. Okay. And it's all black. Mm-hmm. It's got like grayed out charcoal numbers and it's just got a little accent, this lime green star just beneath just beneath the uh, the, the neck. And uh, the color, yeah. I guess it's the North Star. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like even though it's probably the darkest jersey in the league, it, it just illuminates because of that one little accent, really clever design. And my reason for my watch choice is because in Minnesota, there's a massive like German population, right? Big German mm-hmm. immigrant community. And uh, I, I, my mind immediately went to German watchmaking. And one of the best watches that we featured on Fratello and is currently contesting the March Mania tournament in Burt's bracket, I believe, Langer and Zona Datagraph Lumen. And it blazes at night, just like this jersey looks like it would. And I think those two things together with the smoked sapphire dial and those cool grayed out numbers would look awesome. I can see that. Yeah, that's an that's a beautiful watch. I think it's not matching to the team because the team is not as good as the watch. <laughs> the, Timber, the Timberwolves this year is bad, but the jersey's nice. The jersey's nice. So... Okay, I can co-sign that. Okay, thanks, mate. Good. Thanks, I appreciate that's it. That's number three. What about yours? What okay. about yours? I thought you were going to pick the Nets, but maybe that's coming, the Basquiat Nets, but maybe that's coming later. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, my second one is a, a throwback from, ooh, I would say the 70s. Yes, definitely the 70s. And that's the the Denver Nuggets Skyline jersey. Yes. The white one. The yes. Alex English white with the two and the English in the back, Preach. which you would know where because you're not English. So, Preach. amazing. That's not for you. The skyline, yes, the the Denver Nuggets skyline jersey. I think it was was um, a beautiful design and Alex English and um, help me. Uh, who was the guy who's not a general manager? Maybe he was the general manager of the Denver Nuggets. Kiki Van de Vega. Yes, he. I think he was playing with Alex English at the time, and he's a tall skinny white guy and Alex English is obviously a, a skilled African-American player. So it was a very odd couple, uh, English and uh, Van de Vega. Anyway, so I love that jersey. And j- check this, Nuggets Skyline, Nissan Skyline, Nissan from Japan. Huh. It's going to be a grand cycle, but it's actually the citizen. What? Yeah, because I thought that you're going to say grand cycle. So I said, no, I just want a citizen. Okay. You got me. And that jersey's all over the place, man. It's been around. It's been, you know, it's been in music videos. It's been in TV shows. You see the T-shirts with the skyline. That's one of the most recognizable, uh, I think, imagery of at least of that division from that era. So, and just like a citizen, everybody has one. It's awesome. Yeah, I loved it so much. I actually made a T-shirt of that exact skyline with the rainbow. It's awesome. It's unrivaled. And it's so cool. And that is exactly why I didn't pick the Denver Nuggets Sunset version of it this year, because it just couldn't top the original. My number two is the Atlanta Hawks MLK City Edition. Okay, so the Atlanta Hawks regular jerseys are not all that, in my opinion. And this one is miles and miles ahead. It's a really crisp black, gold and white number. Um, It has MLK across the chest for Martin Luther King, which makes the watch choice super easy because MLK himself was very well known for wearing a gold date just on a Jubilee bracelet. So I went for that because it has the provenance and the fact it matches the jersey pretty much perfectly. So that's the one for me. Really crisp, massive upgrade on the regular duds. I love it. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a great homage to a a great man. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. That's that's a a lovely jersey. Too bad the Hawks... uh, uh, Stink. Aren't really... I wouldn't say that, but yes, they do. They do. Uh, anyways, let's not get into that. Uh, I, I like. I would love to like them, but they're just not. Yeah. But my number one, and I think you know which team that is. I am going to guess it's the Knicks. 
It's the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> because, because, bear with me. I love that the, the Chicago Bulls jerseys were pretty much the same throughout the 60 years of uh, of Chicago, of the, the team's history. I think I think their the team was established in 1966 or so. But there was this one era of this, uh, the 80s, the Jordan rookie jersey. Remember when they had these, you know, Chicago spelled across the chest in this cursive letters? Yeah. yeah. That's the that's the jersey I'm going with, the, the so-called uh, Jordan rookie jersey. And um, because I love that font, and the font is so different than all the other as i said the the other chicago bulls jerseys and i paired that that up with the speedmaster seamaster fonts oh on, you know, yeah 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 speedy pros and seamasters nice. it's not the same again just like with the braves and the and the brightling but i love this this fine touch of of this font so i went with the chicago bulls and i went with the omega speedmaster professional or the omega seamaster 300m classic versus classic great added to a classic oh, i love it i love that combination that's beautiful beautiful stuff you know um when jordan retired i think for the second time my dad was in chicago on a work conference and he bought me and my brother gifts he bought me um a sports almanac with a big folder cover mm -hmm. three-page folder of jordan's last shot for the bulls um mm -hmm. and i loved it but i was devastated to find out that he bought my brother a replica that they'd made of that very jersey, sewn jersey, mesh, exactly the same. And he picked it up. Wow. And it was absolutely stunning. And my brother and I played basketball growing up. We played for our town and for our college. And he never wore it because it was some, something quite special. But then he went through this weird phase in his teenage years when he, he would like to dump all of his all of his possessions, like routinely. He just put them all in the bin. They'd all go to the tip, all to the trash. And uh, he would get rid of some great stuff just rush of blood to the head and it'd be gone. And as it happened, he put this jersey, which basically on warm box fresh, like replica from the late nineties into the bin. And I fortunately opened the bin to take out the trash myself later that evening, saw this jersey in there, thought it, you know, couldn't believe it. Thought it was madness. So I took it out and uh, I kept it for more than 10 years um, in a, in a box safe, um, away from him in case he, you know, went nuts again. He comes back to throw it Yeah, so because um, I, I, I told him, I told him, I always just tell him when he was throwing this stuff out, and sometimes he would throw my stuff out as well um, just because he, he felt like it needed to go, um, that he would regret it, like he needed to think about these things a little bit more, and that he was, you know, adamant that it was the right thing to do at the time. But then 10 years or so after that moment, he expressed regret for getting rid of it. Uh, to me just one night we got drunk and he, he was pouring his heart out to me and he was obviously it was obviously on his mind and i was like well oh, i got a surprise for you bro and uh i went and got it and gave it back to him and i still got it now he still he still holds on to it he thankfully hasn't thrown it in the trash again but um yeah uh that is one of the nicest jerseys i've ever seen in my life and i'm intensely jealous of him for having it uh i could have i could have kept my mouth shut and kept it myself i suppose but i was uh i re was really looking forward to giving it back to him when the time came it's a cool story. Yes, very touching. You're just a nice brother. I would have done it for anybody just to prove a point. I guess like you don't throw Jordan away. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> true, true. Do you know there's only four jerseys retired in in the United Center by the Chicago Bulls? I did not know that. No, I I don't think I could. Do you know those four numbers? Well, the four names. I mean, I guess I guess Jordan twenty three is retired. 
For sure. I I mean, I want to say that Pippin should be retired. For sure. Um, when I think about that run, um, it's got to be something else, right? So it must predate that. I don't know. I'm trying to think of old bulls like... Um, no, I don't know. Take me, take me forever to get that. So funnily enough, as you said, there are no uh, nobody from that team or the previous team uh, whose whose number is retired other than Pippen and, and Jordan, twenty three and thirty three. So Kukoc and you know Ron Harper, uh, Steve Kerr, Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm, obviously, mm-hmm. Um, they're not. There is another guy called Bob Love, okay, who played uh, earlier than Jordan. His t- his uh, jersey number was ten. And there was another player around the same time, a player, a young player by the name of Jerry Sloan. Okay. Now, Jerry Sloan was a player for the Chicago Bulls. His his number, number four, is also retired. But Jerry Sloan, most of us who followed the Bulls in the 90s know as the head coach of the Utah Jazz in the 90s. The Carl Malone, John Stockton coach. Yes. The, the, the losing against Chicago Bulls back-to-back mm-hmm. coach. And he passed away sadly last year, Jerry Sloan. So he was the the star of Chicago Bulls back in the day, so much so that they even retired his jersey. And then he became a coach. And then eventually he went to to be the coach of the Utah Jazz and got beaten by uh, Jordan and the Bulls twice back to back in '97 and '98. Oh, Jerry! What Sloan. a career! What a trajectory! What a what a what an arc! Yeah! Wow! Cool stuff! Nice facts! Yeah! Cool stuff! Oh, and I have some some more trivia, but well, let's not get into that. Oh, one more! Do you know where the name comes from? Bulls? Uh, no, no idea. Uh, it comes from the meatpacking industry that was very prominent in Chicago at the time. So uh, Dick Klein, who was who established Chicago Bulls, he wanted, the, and he was the first owner. He wanted to represent, and he went with the Matadors and the Toreadors and things like things like that. And then in the end, he settled for the Bulls uh, because of the meatpacking industry. And he was actually the only NBA uh, team owner who used to be a professional player before he became a, a team owner. That's, uh, that's crazy because we kind of take the Bulls for granted as like a really solid, iconic team name, but there aren't many sports teams that are called the Bulls, really. Yep. Not, not a huge, Bradford, I suppose, in rugby league, but uh, apart from that, I can't think of many more. Um, and you know what? what? The Bulls is not even the first NBA franchise in Chicago. It's actually the third. So who predated it? Who was there before them? There were two other franchises. One is No Mo, and the other one is a franchise that eventually became the Washington Wizards. Ah, interesting. Because it was moved to like Baltimore, and then you know it became the Baltimore Bullets, and then the Washington Bullets, and then the Washington Wizards. So actually, Chicago is now the only, obviously, team, but it's the third NBA team, NBA franchise, actually, coming from Chicago. Wow, we could do a whole podcast about franchises moving around the country, because it's crazy to people that aren't into American sports how it works, but um, that that would definitely take us uh, another few hours, so we'll leave that for another day. Um, going back to your Jerry Sloan um, reference, um, it segues perfectly into my top choice this year. I've gone for the Utah Jazz City Edition. Nice. It's just glorious. Uh, amazingly... These city editions, they sell out really, really quickly, but this one is still available and I've been toying with it. I've had it and a throwback Phoenix Sun Steve Nash jersey in my fanatics.com cart for days now because you told me I needed to up my jersey game and get some new NBA threads in. So those are the two I was looking at and uh, I, I couldn't get this Utah one out of my head. I've been to Utah a couple of times. I really like it um, and i got some fond memories there. One place I haven't been to though is Salt Lake City. Never been to Salt Lake City, but it was founded mm-hmm. in 1847. Now, I often look at the date of city foundations when we're trying to find out watch brands to match up 
with uh, with teams. And this one just fell into my lap because that, of course, is Cartier, um, which uh, I knew off off the top of my head for some reason. And um, that Cartier uh, Santos Dumont skeleton reference W two zero two zero zero. 5-2-XL, all black, black leather strap, black case. That, I thought, that would look cool alongside that Utah Jazz City Edition jersey, and I could see those guys rocking it. So that's my top choice for the NBA, and that wraps us up there. Whizzing on to the English Premier League, we have... Uh, whoa, I, I'm not feeling too good about my own selection, and it will become apparent. Let me get this out of the way early and say this. I am a Manchester United supporter, um, so you'll know why I'm not feeling good about my selection when I get to it. But... What have you got for the Premier League, Belash? So I don't, well, I went with soccer, not with the Premier League. So I chose one team because I'm really not that deep into football or soccer. Um, so I picked one team and that team is actually not English. But as an alternate jersey, I went with an English team, a Premier League. I hope they're Premier League <laughs> well, at we're least. Gonna, we're going to find out. Yeah. So I have one team, one soccer team and one brand and an alternate team jersey from the premier league all right well i'll get my number three out of the way quickly then so you you, we can alternate with your two um i went for tottenham away um i'm not sure what alex ferguson would make of this kit it doesn't look like a faulty tv set like the one he hated so much but players might struggle to pick each other out against the grass rather than the crowd on this occasion because the jersey is all green Uh, it's a dark green uh, it has a white sponsor, AIA sponsor across the front. Really, really clean, really, really nice. Um, unobtrusive sponsors, which normally ruin soccer jerseys uh, for me. And, you know, the Man United jersey does not feature on this list because that heinous Chevrolet logo uh, needs to go. They could just get rid of a horrible cross and leave the word Chevrolet, and that would be totally fine. Totally fine. Tottenham have done it well here. All gold, uh, sorry, all green would look absolutely lush next to as you mentioned before, an all-gold champagne-dialed Rolex day-date on the President bracelet. Has to be for Tottenham. All I can say about Tottenham is Tottenham uh, Hotspurs. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? La- Coach Lasso. Remember that commercial? And then it's now a TV show. And he's actually a, a football, like American football coach, going over to England to coach a soccer team. But he has no idea about soccer. So he's like funny uh, uh, interactions with the players and... You know, we have six players in the team. We have 11 players in the team and things like that. Tad Lasso. And he always says that. And he's he's actually the coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> That's what he always says. So, yeah, Tad Lasso is all I need to say about the Tottenham Hotspurs. I, uh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Ted Lasso. All right, I'm definitely going to check that out. I think, I'd, I think I'd like that a lot. Bring your second one because, I, as I said, I only have one in an alternate. So, give us a second one and then I'll tell you All my right, first. All right, so this one, I don't, this, one, this one I don't feel so bad about, okay? Because, you know, I, I'm a Manchester lover, obviously. So, I'm going to give it to the noisy neighbors. Man City, home kit, uh, light blue, really cool, like, pattern in the background of this jersey. Nice, crisp, clean Etihad sponsor. Looks top, just classic colours. So I was thinking about what watch brand to go for here with Man City. Now, they're famous for being owned by Sheikh Mansour and overseen by Khaldun al-Mubarak. And um, that, obviously, when they were bought and all the money came in and City were transformed from like a mid-table struggler to the, you know, relatively dominant force that they've been in the last uh, decade or so, there's a lot of uh, 
pushback against that from other teams, but it's becoming more and more common in the game, unfortunately. So we just have to deal with it. But the Sheikh, he has a net worth of $22 billion, which doesn't sound like as, as much as maybe you'd think, given uh, you know Warren Buffett being in the news this week for joining the $100 billion club. Uh, which is a very small and exclusive club, but I always imagine that these shakes have, you know, uh, unfathomable amounts of money. Twenty-two billion is quite a lot. It's quite a lot more than I've got. So what I'm going to suggest is that he commissions a completely new line of HYT H 1.0s in City Sky Blue and single-handedly revives the brand, dragging former ambassador Antoine Griezmann away from Barcelona to the Etihad, where he will be installed at the surprising position of right-back, finally giving City the necessary goals they need to win the Champions League. In this bizarro universe, City will win every single Premier League game in 2022, finishing the season with a plus 38 goal difference and an aggregate scoreline of 9-8, to with Griezmann providing absolutely no cover down the right-hand flank so that teams like West Brom can get close to double figures every time they step on the pitch. But his presence in combination with players like Jesus, Aguero, Sterling, Foden and the irrepressible Gundogan will always manage to find one more goal than their opponents, breaking all records in the history of soccer en route to an unprecedented quadruple. That is my choice and prediction for Mm -hmm. the next season. If Sheikh Mansour outfits his players with HYT H1.0s and uh, gets Antoine Griezmann to play right back or not, as the case may be. I would love to see an, a comeback for HYT. So would I. So would I. If, if some rich benefactor who's bored of owning Man City uh, wants a new project, there you go, Shake. Get on it. Boom. Okay, so my top... Well, I give you the alternate jersey. That's, that's Newcastle United. Oh, classic. That, that's Premier League, right? Uh, yeah, for now it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my alternate jersey because the colors are black and white, which means you're definitely going to go for Juventus. Shall I give it away? Yeah, go ahead. Give it away. So, yeah. So, I went with Juventus, the team from Turin, Italy, Fiat Town, owned by the Agnelli family. And, you know, the most successful Italian football club, 36 Serie A wins, championships. And so I went with the black and white and the brand that I connected to that is IWC. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. Understated, nice, elegant, classy, kind of sporty, black and white, just like the logo, not too flashy, not too out there. Just like, you know, I mean, maybe some of the Juventus players are a bit flashy and out there, but in in general, I think the whole Agnelli family and what they represent, aside from Lapo Elkan, is kind of this, you know, Italian business aristocracy, and that fits perfectly to IWC. And here's my Hungarian trivia. The first two general managers of Juventus after the Agnelli family took over in 1923 were Hungarians, back to back. That's amazing. But I mean, in that era, you know, the mighty Magyars, as it were, you, the Hungarians were like the greatest footballing force on the planet. Yeah, 70 years ago. <laughs> 70 years ago, yeah. But let's not forget that like the 1954 World Cup final um, was a yeah. huge upset. Like, you know, yeah. we, we think we take it for granted. Now we go, oh yeah, Germany beat Hungary. Of course they did. It's like, that wasn't supposed to happen. And there was a bit of a cheating going on over there. If you look at the game, that, that, was, that was not 100% clear. Let's just put it this way. But yeah, so my team is, or my pick is Juventus from Italy. 
And uh, as an alternate, Newcastle United, I think it's a good combo and IWC. What's your top four? Well, uh, you probably guess what's coming as a United fan. Um, why I'm so low Chelsea? to say this. No, worse, much worse. Liverpool. It's, it's the truth. The best uh, kit, the best home jersey, at least in the league this year, is the Liverpool home jersey. It really is. It's uh, it's classic. It's crisp. The logo is beautiful, just white on red. The sponsor is obtrusive and like adds to the jersey, doesn't detract from it. The little flashes of um, I don't know what you call it, like mint green on the on the sleeves. You know, call back to their old turquoise jerseys. green, yeah, no? turquoise, so, yeah, of. something like that. Tur- Some kind of aqua, a bit like the Dolphins' current kit. It's just it's a beautiful combination, massively underrated. I love it. I have a question for you regarding this jersey. Yeah, sure. Look at the back. It there's ninety six on the back. Yeah. With two torches, what does that represent? That represents the uh, the the Hillsborough dead, the people killed in the Hillsborough disaster. Ah, yes. So, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, sad. it's sad. Um, it's uh, it's a, a touching and uh, and I think you know it's a great, tribute. really beautiful tribute, and they they have it on all their jerseys. Mm. And um, yeah, that one, unfortunately, as much as it pains me, they got the title last year after a long wait from since their last one. Um, and they got also, in my opinion, the title for the best jersey this year. Unfortunately for Liverpool, and wonderfully for everybody else that doesn't like the Skies as much as they like themselves, they have tumbled from grace quite massively so far this year. And I don't know what they're playing at. Uh, injuries have wrecked the squad, to be fair. And uh, they've got a right to feel slightly aggrieved. But every team is playing through the same kind of same kind of inconveniences. Liverpool have been unlucky, but um, they're, they're just dropping points all over the place kind of bizarre but one man who still retains my undying respect is, is Jurgen Klopp I love him I wish he was United's manager oh well I love Solskjaer as well but I wish that we got Klopp when Liverpool got Klopp that would have been brilliant um, I like the way that he plays I think the only thing left for him to do in his career is to take Germany to a World Cup title and it's a shame that Lowe has announced his retirement or his in fact he's stepping down from Germany when he has done because it puts Klopp in a bit of an awkward position timing wise uh, he can't really take charge of Germany or commit to taking charge of Germany for the next World Cup in Qatar, which I'd like him to. But since it's Klopp, um, we have to go German again. And he's a humble guy. He's a nice guy. He's not too razzle-dazzle at all. I'm going to give him a nomos, and I'm going to give him the Tangenta update because it has the uh, little red flashes on the dial, which would coordinate very well with what is undeniably um, a really class jersey that Liverpool fans will hopefully treasure for years to come. And he's a baseball cap fan just like he you. He certainly are. is. Yeah, that man's got a, a lot of things going for him. Great guy. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, good, good picks. Nice. All righty. Nice, nice choices. We did it. We rattled through it in, uh, well, a little bit over an hour. I hope you bore with us. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked the choices. And maybe it's given you some ideas of what you can treat yourself to over the next few weeks because there's surely a lot of very attractive threads on this list. Check back with us next week. Uh, we've got some exciting sporting news lined up for you and we're going to be going around the leagues again as we always do dropping in and out of the watch industry as we see fit if there's anything you'd like to hear on the podcast please let us know in the comments below the article on fratellowatches.com until then stay safe and keep on ticking bye bye